Ladies and gentlemen, all rise. Court is back in session. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Due. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, is the man who doesn't care if you're hearing Yanni or Laurel as long as you're listening to us, Mr. Drew Celestino. That's a lie. You do care about that? It's Laurel, and I'll hear nothing else. I, I agree with you, but at the same time, I don't care. <laughs> It's, I saw us. I was like, really? We're doing this whole gold dress, blue it's dress, dress thing again. again? It's the dress. It's back uh, in, in audio form. To be fair, uh, there it, Yanni is in there, but it's at a very odd pitch, and you have to really... I don't know. I, 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 I don't care. If it makes you feel any better, statistically speaking, the majority of people hear Laurel making us correct <laughs> and them wrong. Okay. That, uh... <laughs> that works sure all right sir here we are again opening statements how was your week uh it's been fine i'm in a mood today i don't know why woke up in a mood yeah been that kind of day i've just been irritable all day so this ought to be fun today yeah i'm kind of irritable myself right now so i mean normally i'm the i'm the control to your chaos so (laughs) hey folks the cover is off let's see what happens wow this is worlds are colliding here yeah it's just i don't know if it's the weather or what but or well no not, not the weather that's is that's this, is this what it's like when worlds collide uh, sure uh, if it helps you uh yeah i i just things have been bothering me lately and it, i woke up just not feeling feeling pretty pretty upset with the world so that's 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 where i'm at today let's back up though maybe to a less angry time <laughs> Uh, it's been an interesting week, mostly, again, construction happenings happening in the basement. Yep. We're getting there. Percentage done? Well, the framing is about 93% done, but this okay. last 7% of the framing is the tricky 7% that it's I've like been It's like the hoping. intricate, like, little nooks yes. and crannies. You're like, yes. I'll put that off to the end. Well, yeah, because everything now you're at the end, you're like, are we sure there's no more easy stuff I can do? Exactly that. That, that. that is exactly right. I said This is why I saved it till now, because yeah. it's been straight lines following a perimeter yep. up to this point. Now it's... Uh, Measure well, twice, cut once. Well, that's a good rule for anything. But no, now it's like, okay, I've got three turns. I've got no joists I can, I can affix to. I have a, an I-beam, two ducts, and a little jog in the wall to make all this kind of work. And I don't know how it's all going to come together just yet, so... Yeah. And just throw like a blanket over it or something. Sure. <laughs> Pro job. Nailed it. <laughs> Wrap some yellow oh. under construction tape around it. So yeah, that's that that's what's been going on. W- w- wall building. Uh I'm building walls, Carl, cuz you know, as in, in our American parlance, that's what we do now. We build walls. Or, you know, But minor walls are build walls and well, yeah. Well, I guess I'm more I guess I'm uh more efficient than our than our illustrious uh turd in chief then i think it's safe to say right now you are a more successful president of the united states than donald trump no no i'm not no i'm not because as is a, as a, as a theme with the day and the reflections of the week he just gets to keep failing upward and here i am kind of trying to live my life like a regular person and i'm, I'm kind of the same if not in decline i that's just the the world we live in now, where you can just fail and do bad at things, but continue to ascend to greener pastures. Money helps. Money does help. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of mad about some things today. Sorry, I'm yeah. 
wrestling also uh, is another angle to this. Because did you hear the, the WWE news? Um, something about SmackDown. Well, Raw and SmackDown are both getting new deals, right? Okay. USA is keeping Raw for three times the amount they paid for Raw and SmackDown previously. Wow. They're getting about a billion dollars over six years from USA. That's a lot. Meanwhile, SmackDown went to the highest bidder. Fox picked it up. Five years, one billion dollars. Fox like standard Fox or As like in Fox Sports? You, not Fox like Sports. Following the Simpsons, it's going to be on Fox. network television. Huh. This is a first for WWE. It's, pretty, it's a pretty big deal. No, it's not a first. Saturday night's main event. That was a special event only. This is a weekly episodic television program. How often was that? Was Saturday night's main event like once a month? If that. Once every, once a quarter maybe. I always tried to stay awake for it and I never could. So anyway, they're getting $2 billion for the next five to six years, which is bananas. Yeah. And they're doing it with a product that's terrible. Yep. The weekly product is garbage. It's a garbage product. Mm-hmm. They're alienating their live fans. Everyone's miserable. Everyone hates, but well, actually, I shouldn't say that. Apparently, it's valuable enough to where these TV country contracts are just being given to them for all this money because live, live television is now where television wants to go. They don't want the scripted stuff can all go to these streaming services and whatever. So they think live stuff is what's going to be the big motivator for, for television viewing. And they're, not, they're kind of not wrong, but like WWE, if you watch their programming... You're going to pay them $2 billion for this? I don't think they're so much buying the programming, air finger quotes, as they are buying the ad revenue potential. Wrestling's a bad, wrestling is a bad advertising dollar spend. Advertisers don't want to advertise on wrestling. Like, if you, if you have the same program, a, a correction, same time slot, same network. Okay. Wrestling commands a third or less of the of the, of the advertising dollar than another than a regular program, because advertisers think wrestling fans are, face it, uh, dumb, poor people. I don't understand these numbers. So Vince McMahon gets to fail upwards. The product is crap, but he gets more money. <laughs> Meanwhile. Probably get to it in the news. A show that I don't know how is on, is on the air. Gotham, right? I remember Gotham's. You know, we we laugh about it. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't but it's crap. News, but... It's it's garbage. Yeah. It's crap. But that's not crappy enough that someone else didn't say, "Hey, you know what? You know what we need in the world? <laughs> we need an Alfred show. That's like the origin of Alfred. Really? We need this. What is this crap? Who is making this crap? Who is demanding this crap? Who are these people, and why do they get to fail upwards? Dude, I'm, like, irrationally mad about all this. This all kind of coalesced this morning on me, and, I, and I've been, like, stewing all day. What folks, is going on out there? Folks, I think you're in for a long show, because normally, like, I kind of rain in Drew and shed some light of hope on these things. I just don't got it in me this week. Am I wrong? Like, what is no, happening? No, you're not wrong about the Alfred show. I, I don't think it's something that anyone's really asking for. Um... This is just all terrible. Everything is terrible, and I'm kind of tired of it. I, I'm, I'm being real blunt about it right now. Everything is terrible, and I'm kind of getting bur- burned out. <laughs> Lego movie, you lied to us. Everything is not awesome. 
So anyway, um, we had games after uh, I did some construction on Friday evening. We did at your place. Yes. that was fun. That, I enjoyed myself there at least. I appreciate y'all coming out because uh, <laughs> well, I'll get to that in my week. But yeah, we uh, we introduced you to some new games. I don't remember what they were called. Hero Quest, Heroes Realm, Heroes Hero, Realm, Hero Realms. That was pretty good. Pretty good. Card drafting, deck building. Yeah, kind of a um, competitive, legendary esque kind of game. Yeah. More directly competitive. Oh yes, very much. Legendary is because legendary is like we're all working together. At the end of the game, we tally up the points to see who scored the highest. Right. This one, we're straight out just like attacking each other. It's it's a free for all. It was you, good. And you and I were hammering back and forth on each other for a while until we decided. Until we no- a truce. Until we noticed, like, hey, Adam and Alan are are hammering on us too. And they have a lot more hit points than we do. Yeah. Well, at least more than me. You you were hanging in there pretty good for a while. Well, I had a lot of healing cards. <laughs> Devils do unite. Briefly, until and, I was unceremoniously killed. But I avenged you. You did. In fairness, I would have killed Adam before he killed me, or after he killed me. Yeah. Had he not killed me, my next turn was going to obliterate him. Such is life. And then uh, we played what, Azul? Yes. Azul. Interesting game. Took me a minute to kind of get the, 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 the mechanics down, um, and I was struggling because i wanted to eat the pieces starburst they right? look like starburst yes i told <laughs> they you really do look like starburst the whole time play i'm like man you read starburst yeah that's uh, i'm not gonna lie i kind of wanted starburst after i left your house mm, yep starburst i got a hankering for some starburst <laughs> i got a fever it was not to be <laughs> the only cure more starburst uh, anyway there's no bad starburst flavor right um, not nah. of the original, right? Not, uh, yeah, forget about the offshoots, just the original. Yeah, I, don't, I I've never really had much of the offshoots, so I can't tropical. Yeah, nah. you don't need any of that. It's like it's like it's like lifesavers. They're all good. Yep, they're all tropical. Couple of the tropicals are good too. I've I don't. Are you talking lifesavers? Lifesavers. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Okay. <sighs> anyway. Um, and he had a band practice on Saturday as well. First one back since February. Our, our drummer, uh, his foot has healed from the... the oh, the mosh pit incident. Yeah, the mosh pit, the machine head mosh pit incident oh. of uh, February. So Jumping into a pit with people hitting themselves. It, it, you know, I he, got no pity for you if you get injured. He, he, he didn't jump in. He was on the floor and someone... It, it, things happened, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it happened. But it happened. But he's back now, and uh, it went Good. really, really, really well. So nice. that's exciting. We have some stuff coming up. So July so twenty seventh. Like no practice at all in between that. Not really. No, it's been me kind of working on stuff here by myself cool. and uh, stewing about this and that. So yeah, we're we're kind of back on track, kind of now, kind of. But <laughs> it's complicated. July twenty seventh, though, we are going to be taking the stage yet again. So. Look for that. I'll have more details soon. But July 27th, put it in your calendars and uh, do attend. That's all I can say. Um, so, yeah, pay attention for that. Sunday, uh, construction. Uh, that's really it. I, I hung at home and grilled some food. And that's that's the gist, man. That's been pretty uneventful, despite my big ranting earlier. <laughs> yeah. So... That was my week up until yesterday, which, uh, again, led directly to my mood today because after all this news coming out about the TV contract for WWE, um, had some friends over last night to watch 
uh, NXT, which is you know always enjoyable. Next. And then we did watch uh, Raw on fast forward because that's what we do. And uh, it it was it's, it's just it's just awful, it's awful, <laughs> awful programming. And I sat there looking at this, going, "Do these networks are they watching right now, thinking that they should renegotiate these contracts because this is this is just terrible." Well, it's not like a lot of these network executives are guys like yourself who have an affinity for professional Carl. wrestling and understand Carl. it on a certain level. I understand that, but you understand like quality television, right? Like like this is yeah. a, this, you understand like a great shame. If you're watching something really bad and someone walks in and you're like, and they're like, what are you watching? You know that, that yeah, feeling? Yeah, yeah, That is WWE every week. Well, all right. Let, let me, let me ask you this. You, like you've said, the ratings have been in decline. Do you happen to know like particular numbers to where the ratings are at now? Cause I'm wondering well, what that is compared to like the highest rated network shows. Uh, they're not in decline, like on a weekly basis. Basically, what's happened is since the Attitude Era, the the late '90s, early 2000s, like the Golden Era, there are less than half the people that used to watch wrestling watching wrestling. Okay, less but, than half. But like, do you have like numbers? Numbers are meaningless. But the Raw is usually <laughs> Not in, in this situation. This is all about numbers. We we will talk numbers, but most people aren't going to understand what they mean. Basically, Raw is somewhere in the twos. It's in the twos. Okay, sometimes lower, sometimes higher. That's a hit show on network television, and it's and that's basically where it's settled. Yeah. Sometimes it does a little more. Sometimes it does a little less. But that's basically a rela- because the, because so their, their audience is is a, it's a stable captive audience. I get it. I understand it. And all your your gripes about this, I feel, are valid. But as I'm like to do, taking it from the the other perspective, two million viewers weekly. That's a pre made hit show that you don't have to do a huge amount of promotion for. I, the I understand is that. Already there. I know. I know. And I know. How, One billion to these companies is, is not a lot. How dare I? Uh, I'm not saying. How you're dare wrong. I demand a, pr- a quality product? I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just putting it in perspective. I get it, and I find it all grotesque and stupid, and no one should be giving them any money. But that's that's just my opinion, man, folks. If you're still with us at this point, <laughs> good on you. Anyway, right, so so my week. Um, see thursday yeah nothing nothing big happened on thursday um well thursday night was x-wing night as it usually is and uh, good 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 good, good. good. um keep it up friday uh julie left to go to our niece's college graduation all right in potsdam um, originally it was going to be a family trip, but about a maybe a month ago, I, I had a, a, a moment of clarity and realization, uh, William, our two year old son, uh, will not sit still or be quiet for three minutes, much less a ceremony, much less three hours. Yeah. And our, our niece's last name begins with T. Yeah, it's a, you're going to be there for the duration. Yeah. So <laughs> I stayed home with William, which also turned out to be good because we got kind of like double whammy on top of that because another one of his two-year molars are coming in. Those are fun. No, they're not <laughs> at all. Okay. 
Um, so Friday, you know, I stayed, Julie was gone from, uh, Friday till Sunday afternoon ish. So it was me and William for most of the weekend. As you mentioned, Friday night, we had game night and that was all fun. It was, uh, me, you, Alan, Adam, you got to meet Adam show contributor. I swear that I've met him before. It's, it's really strange, but you know, he's got that face. Maybe he's got a, a, a recognizable face. He's, he's. Got a face you can love. <laughs> um, and then so Jen came by later, so that was fun. We did that. Um, Saturday, William was kind of feeling a little rough. He was just very groggy and not really with it because of the teething and whatnot. Um, so we kind of chilled out during day, uh, skipped going to Nickel City Con. Yeah, I, I bypassed the con altogether. O- originally, I was I was going to go and bring him, but the way he was feeling, I was just like, no, that's not a recipe for, <laughs> for good. Heard, saw a lot of pictures. Apparently, a lot of people had fun, so I guess it was a really big success again, which is good because this is the this is the con I think the city deserves, and they're growing, so, you know more on them um we chilled out and typically when william we try to get william to relax or whatnot we throw on a star wars movie so this time i threw on uh last jedi because mm-hmm. i mean context doesn't really matter because he doesn't quite get it yet he's flashy lights bright whatnot sure stuff music he likes that um god that movie is so good it is i know it gets better every single time but carl it ruined star wars how could it be no it didn't but it did it ruined it it didn't it did it ruined star wars redefined it ruined it totally ruined it ruined you know what ruined i think (laughs) i try i try to look on the as we mentioned earlier i i try to be optimistic and and hopeful, especially when people are concerned. And whereas I get a lot of your points on fandom, um, I think fans are adverse to change. Oh, absolutely. Well, let me finish my statement. Mm -hmm. Fans are adverse to change because change is so rarely done well. Yeah, that's a matter of context. That's a matter of that, that. That's that's subjective. Change is change. It's up to you if you can go with it or you can't. Quality's yeah, but sometimes change is done poorly, i.e. moving from the Tim Burton vision of Batman to the Joel Schumacher version of Batman. <laughs> that was change. Sure, sure. That sure. was bad. Sure, yeah. but, I mean, if you came in with the Schumacher movies, you don't know any better. It's all subjective. Then going from Schumacher to Burton would be change, and that would be good change. In theory. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was just that was so great. Really, really enjoyable. Um, Banner Saga came out for the Switch this week. Okay, how is and it? And I picked it up, and I'm really enjoying it so far. It's a little slow burn in the beginning, but like with any uh, strategy RPG game that has like an in-depth story, that is to be expected. But if you've ever played like Final Fantasy Tactics, you will really enjoy this game. Um. So yeah, twenty bucks on Switch. It's cool, definitely, uh, definitely well worth it. I also picked up uh, Baseball Stars, Neo Geo Baseball Stars. 
Now, uh, which version? Which, which version is it? It's the NES or the arcade? No, it's the arcade, the nice. Neo Geo, yeah, yeah. the one they did for Neo Geo. Now, question: Does that one have? Can you make your own team and save it and buy yeah. players? And stuff? Oh, yeah. that's not the same. Because it was it was made as arcade. an arcade. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. But the NES game, dude. Interesting. Oh, whoa! Well, yeah, way the ahead NES of its time. Game. Way ahead Classic. of its time. Interesting thing. <laughs> I. I also have a Neo Geo collection for PS2, and that game is on it. But like the Switch one was eight bucks, so I was like, "Convenience, I'm willing to pay that tax." Um, in the PS2 collection I have, which is predominantly a translation of the home console versions, which there is very little difference between the home consoles and the arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there's an option in that game you have, and you can use it as often as you want, which I never understood, to uh, rage up your player. Rage? Yeah. Up? Roy yeah, rage? Pretty up? much. Pretty, <laughs> it's pretty much like Bane hitting the button. Wow. Um, that is not in the arcade version. I always just, I always found it amusing. Um, and then uh, Sunday night after Julie got back, I actually went over to our friend Adam's house and we played some more games. Uh, played a game called Yamatai, which I think you would enjoy. It's a um, uh, work work placement, drafting, uh, building type game. Thematically somewhat akin to Settlers of Catan without the trading. Uh, we played that, and we played Clank the Mummy's Curse. So that was a lot of fun. All right. Dear listeners, if you'd like to tell us about your week, if you'd like to send us any questions or comments or just you know tell us to lighten up and stop being so dang grumpy, uh, you can do so at the following locations. You can go to Twitter, follow us at Devil's Due Pod. You can email us at facebook.com slash Devil's Due Pod. You can go to the Devil's Due Pod or no, yeah, Facebook us at Facebook.com slash Devil's Do. Um, email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the Devil's Do Podcast.com. That being said, we have a return of. Hmm. The Rumble and Frenzy of The Devil's Do. Okay. I'll let them decide which was which. Mr. Alan Waiters and Mr. J. J. Samino. Starting with Alan. Drew and Carl, what is the worst video game you ever played? Oh. I mean. Wow. So many. There's a lot. My NES childhood was littered with poor rental choices. (laughs) I, Um, I, I know mine, but. You can argue as to whether or not it can even be considered a video game. What is it? It's uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers for the Sega CD. Is it just like a full motion video game, basically, where you push? Yeah, it was basically and, yeah, they they yeah. took episodes yeah. and put it on there, and at certain points in the episode, kind of like Dragon's Lair, you have to like hit a direction or hit a button. But here's the thing: those games were fairly common on the Sega CD. But if a lot of them were actually done pretty well, like a Dragon's Lair, to where, depending on what you did, you would get, like, a different animation or whatnot, you know, failure animation or success animation. Sure. Power Rangers, it didn't matter. Like, the episode just kept playing. So what the... (laughs) Well, you had a life meter, and when the life meter ran out... The episode ended. (laughs) 
it just showed um, a picture of the Megazord blowing up. That's and that was it. Man, worst game I've ever played. Thank God I didn't purchase it. It was just a rental. Um, God, I, I think you could probably just pull up Angry Video Game Nerd on YouTube and like m- most of the early games that he reviewed. I would, would be I've played those. So Castlevania Two. Yep, I don't like that game either. Uh. Where do you, uh, I mean, I will beg to differ with them on the uh, like the turtles. The first turtles game, I think, is actually not bad. It is difficult and it it's is horrible. a little cheesy, but it, or it but it's not bad. It's a pretty decent game. Um, worst, I don't know, man. Those X, all the X Men games on the NES were, were god awful. <laughs> all of them, they were all bad. The LJ and X Men games. Ugh. was there more than one? Well, there was the Wolverine game that came after it, and that was bad. Too. I never played that. It one. stunk. It stunk. Um, those are pretty bad. Those are pretty bad. There's a lot of bad NES games. Yeah, and a lot of bad Sega games. <laughs> Sega in general. Eh, I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. We'll leave it at that. All right, uh, Carl. Is there any way we can stop this abomination known as the Thundercats reboot from Cartoon <laughs> Network? Uh, no, there isn't. Uh, can we give it the 1994 Fantastic Four treatment where it was never released to public? Uh, no, we can't. We'll get more into that in the news. Drew, with so many ports from the Wii U to the Switch, do you think the games were underestimated? Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze was rated a 6 for the Wii U, and for the Switch it was rated a 9. Yes, that's, that's ridiculous. That's that's no, Well, hang on. Number one, first mistake. Don't, don't, don't be one of those people who obsesses over game scores yeah. no, numbers are arbitrary you like what you like you, like you what don't you like. like what you don't like i'd rather read a review telling me the pros and the cons of yep. a game and just and in the end recommend recommendation or not yeah that's it for me ign like, for all their faults does pretty solid video game i'm reviews. over ign i used to be an ign guy and i've since I, I don't care about IGN because they use they use numbers whatever yeah but they also get the pros and yeah, cons yeah but they get, all right whatever, but, but everyone obsesses about the number that's my point I like Kotaku's old system. They don't, they don't use this system anymore, but they should. And their their old system was, should you play this game? Yes or no? <laughs> I like that. That's like, it's it's harsh, but pretty fair. And if the game is like half-baked and not quite good enough, then no, you shouldn't play it. But it's accompanied by a very good write-up as explaining, you know, rationales. Anyway, um, back to the original point, though. Don't obsess about the number six versus nine. Considering it's the same game... That's ridiculous. Yeah. Granted that there is more modes of play in the uh, Switch version. Is it a three-point difference? Come on. No. Probably yeah. probably not. So don't worry about the number. In any case, um, the games for me were never in, in question for the Wii U. The games were, were great. The problem people had, though, is just they didn't buy the, the, the Wii U. Yeah, the system didn't sell and... It had the content; it just didn't have the install base to get the content yeah. in people's hands. I think it's. Re- I actually think it's really smart what Nintendo's doing is taking those like top tier titles and re-releasing them on the Switch because, like Mario Kart Eight, is and they release sure. it and they improve. They give you a little extra, and you know you've got the install base this time around, so people can get get the experience. I mean, I would expect more to be honest with you. The only, the only thing that stinks I about it so. is that I wasn't a I I did own a Wii U, so when the more of these that come out for both, yeah, so it's, it's like, kind of a double dip. Yeah, um, and that that does stink. But you don't have to get them all. I mean, obviously I Mario Kart was a 
a solid purchase option. Donkey yeah. Kong, not for you, not so much. I I'm don't not really think. a Donkey Kong guy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if they put it this way, I would I would have a bit of a um, a, a crisis of conscience if they put out like Twilight Princess HD or Wind Waker HD on the Switch again. Yeah. I bought them both for the Wii U. Yeah, I don't think you'd need to go a third go. I wouldn't that. need to, but I might do it because I'm a I'm a Zelda nerd, man. I mean, I I'm can't. Not, I'm not. I know I what's can't wrong. Lecture you on this because the Street Fighter Anniversary Collection is coming out. There you go. I'm gonna get it. Yeah. No. Again. So basically, back to the point, though. Uh, no, the Wii U's content was never the problem. Um, Nintendo put everything they could into every game they put on the system. No one else bothered to put games on the system. Yeah. They just didn't have enough units in people's hands. Now with the Switch, they've got a lot of units in people's hands. Yep. So by all means, man, get get those games, get those games out there, and get them the recognition they deserve. Yep. No, I agree. Um, is there are there any ones that haven't been released or rumored to release that you'd like to see make transition and maybe don't uh, give the lo- get the love the first time around? I mean, rumors are rumors, so you, you never know. Uh, Super Mario 3D World is one of the absolute best Mario games ever made. Really? Yes, it's in my. It's, it's, I wasn't crazy about. Oh man, it was excellent. I think absolutely one of the best the, ones. The one Switch game I had, <laughs> or well, the I, one Wii U game I had. Because I got the bundle when I got my Wii U. Wait, did it have 3D World or did it have new Super Mario Brothers? No, 3D World. Hmm. The cat suit and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just didn't find it very challenging. Oh, man. Whoa. Visually, it was great and everything. Not challenging? Game, gameplay was great you and everything. You either are a, a god at platformers or you didn't get far enough because that game is hard. Beat the game. Hard. Did you beat it with all four characters? No, beat then the game. You, then That's you didn't beat the game. No, you know. You like you, you, that game unlocks a whole ton of stuff when you beat with each individual character. So, and including know. including a fifth character. So, very challenging. Anyway, I'd like to see that one. I think. All right. Um, moving on to Mr. JJ Elsimino, Drew and Carl. It's Valentine's Day, and you have no significant other. When I first read the start of this question, I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> it's like, oh, it's not- Jay's been in a coma for two months. I, I screwed up. <laughs> um, and you have no significant other. Who is the lousiest date? Uh, Nor Freeze on a trip to Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. Alicia Masters at the Louvre. Okay. Power Girl in Abu Dhabi. Power Girl. Who's Power Girl? Am I blanking here? The DC kind of Supergirl from an alternate reality. Oh, Power Girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't, yeah. You don't need to make the, the motion. I understand. <laughs> uh, Jessica Jones at an AA meeting. Or Aunt May, and I'm going to kind of clean this up a little bit because it's a family show. Um, <laughs> Aunt May at a house of ill repute, shall we say. And I just like to use the word ill repute. Which is the worst date? Yeah. Hmm. Well, those first couple ones again. <laughs> so, some of these don't sound that bad. Nor Freeze. Who is Nor so, Freeze? Mr. Freeze's wife, who's in the. Oh, the right, right, right. On a, Nora. Trip, on a trip to Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, I mean, is she pre accident or post accident? I know. If, if There's no context here. Yeah. Anywhere, if, she, if she's pre accident, sure, why not? If she's, mid, if she's in accident, then. She's in the capsule, so I don't have to worry about the heat. Right, right, right. Um, she's but po- she's not much of a date, though. Accident, I mean, I I'm could, assuming everything got fixed. 
or she's a corpse. Or I'm, I'm talking to a sleeping tube. Baby, you going to get the corpses? <laughs> yeah, nope. That's a bad date. Um, Alicia Masters at the Louvre. That's a good date. That'd be a great date. Yeah. Alicia Masters, even though she is blind, is an artist. And she, you know, you can describe things to her and she can probably ask educated questions yeah. about art, being that she is an artist, and that'd be okay. Power Girl in Abu Dhabi. Uh, Power Girl's costume, obviously, somewhat sexualized because she yeah, literally like, has a window in her yeah, we, in you, her costume. That's kind of her gimmick. Um, in Abu Dhabi, which they they wouldn't like that. No, but that doesn't mean the date would be bad. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be hot. Not it'd be, well, it'd be like Phoenix, Arizona times three. That could be bad, but I'm, I, but, I but, hate but she can fly, so we can just we can just go into the sky. It's a little okay. cooler I, up there. Yeah, I see what you're saying there. Um, Jessica Jones at an AA meeting. Number one, would she go? Number two, if she went, it was probably because it's like court ordered or something, which yeah. means we could probably just grab a drink afterwards. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, or Aunt May at a House of Ill Repute. Which version of Aunt May are we going with here? That's fair. That's fair. Because <laughs> I've seen The Wrestler, and uh, I'll party down with Marissa Tomei anytime. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Jessica Jones at a meeting. Nora doesn't sound like fun to me. No. Because she's kind of dead. Kind of. Yeah. And, I'm, and, I, I, and that's not how I get down. Mostly <laughs> dead. There's a difference between mostly dead and all dead. Yeah. Drew, it's Valentine's Day and you have no significant other. Oh, wow. This, okay. Kenny or <gasps> Coda? Oh, God. Oh, God. Kenny or Coda? <laughs> Who will win Drew's heart? I mean, my heart belongs to Kenny, but Coda is Coda's, Coda's a very, he's a very pretty man. He's going to put it on front street. Coda Abushi is a very pretty man. <laughs> Jay, this is for you. Prettiest man I ever saw. <laughs> so that's a t- that's a real Sophie's <laughs> choice. Um, I mean, wow, Kenny, I I can't, I can't, I can't, I I have this. Okay, Kenny, because at least I can talk to Kenny because I don't understand Japanese. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm sorry, but but that's not to diminish any affections for Koda. Yep, but they have each other, so they don't need me. Okay. Allegedly. It's ambiguous. Uh, it's funny. It's great. <laughs> Carl, what would be your favorite Dragon Ball Z saga? Have you been watching Super? Also, have you played Dragon Ball Xenoforce 2? I bought it sight unseen at Toys R Us for the Switch on a nice cheap discount. Video games at 50% off now there. Thinking it was not an RPG game, lo and behold, an RPG game. I haven't really played it yet. Just wondering if you did and if you had any thoughts on it. I'll take these in reverse order. Um, I have not played uh, Dragon Ball Z Xenoforce 2 or 1. Last Dragon Ball game I played was Dragon Ball Fighters. Um, it's insanely fun. Little rumors here and there that's coming out for Switch. So uh, yeah, I, I we, have a feeling that will be a very see. popular game. Um, I have not watched uh, Dragon Ball Super. Um, we, I, I haven't. It's okay. Uh, my favorite Dragon Ball Z saga would probably be the Cell Saga. Um, I think that, yeah, 
the Cell Saga, just everything that happened was really, really cool. And as far as Dragon Ball Z goes, it was probably the best paced of the sagas, and that's that's saying something when it comes to Dragon Ball. I watched Dragon Ball a lot in college. I I just never took for me. No, that's fine. I mean, the, the lore and everything is really cool, and it was fun to watch at the time. But a couple of years back, like, one of the movies came out, and they were showing at the um, the, the Dipson Theater the on Main Street. Movie? No, no, not oh, the live action okay. movie. They do, like, animated films. Um, the Dipson Theater on Main Street and had it, and, and uh, my friend Jim and I and went to go see it. And I'm watching it, and it was fun all, but it was kind of like... Kind of like that friend you hung out with college who was always a blast and really fun. And then you kind of meet up with again with him again like 10, 15 years later. And you hang out with him for a little bit. And then you kind of remember why you eventually didn't hang out mm, with him anymore. I see. So, yeah, it was kind of like that. Gotcha. Just because there's so much, so long that doesn't happen in Dragon Ball Z. There's so Like, you think, you think Netflix pacing is bad? Oh, sir. Compared to a season of Dragon Ball Z, Netflix pacing is like Fast and Furious. Wow. Yeah. Well, you've you've basically ensured that I'll never watch Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time and, for that. Yeah, and here's here's the real rub. Um back in days of yore when I was in college, we didn't have streaming services or No. Or, you had to wait. We we had to purchase VHS tapes. Or that, yeah. That came with three episodes of tape. Because it was anime, it was beginning of the anime boom. These tapes were thirty five bucks a pop. I remember those days. Yeah, and for a college kid, that's like eighty bucks. Yeah, yeah. And you know what happens in three episodes of Dragon Ball Z? Drew, not a lot. Well, that's that's a hell of an investment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of money. I wish I had back. All right. Jane Allen, and as, as always, thank you very much. We appreciate it. That brings cross-examination to a close. Bringing us to the case files. We don't have, like, any huge earth-shattering news this week, but we've got a lot of little really fun stuff to talk about. So I'm just going to pop around here. Um, as Alan alluded to in his questions, it was announced earlier this week that there was going to be a new Thundercats cartoon. If you were to send me the text on this without any images, I'd be really excited for that because I grew up with Thundercats as a kid, really liked it, loved the 2011 reboot. It was incredibly done. If you ever have a chance to watch it, I highly recommend it. Episode two had me in tears, legitimate tears. Again, we've mentioned as in the past, I'm an early, I'm an easy cry, but you know, for something that's essentially a Saturday morning cartoon, that's still saying something. (sighs) Then we saw the, uh, the trailer and the visuals. And all I can say is thunder, thunder, thundercats. No, you know, yeah, it looks dumb, but that's what kids like now. They like this Adventure Time kind of Teen Titans go absurdist 
animation style. I don't mind the animation style. I do. I think it looked I, like I garbage. Mind, no, I'm <laughs> saying like that particular style has its place in the proper context. When applied to well, something like Thundercats, no. Well, when you apply it to something like Teen Titans, you people said no. But but it's but it, but yeah. this is what the kids want to see. That's what they want. So they're taking a property that they know they can. It's a known quantity. And they're going to try and sell it to a new audience. And That's I a- don't like it either. I want to be clear about this. I think it's terrible. But I'm not the one. They made that 2011 series for, for you and me, Carl. And the I didn't watch it. In 2011, we weren't buying toys. That Exactly. It didn't sell toys. Therefore, you know, it, it, it bombed out. To be fair, though, I don't know that they're going to make toys of this either. So what are they selling now? I'm sure they'll make toys of it, but they'll make like cheap. Little like chibi toys and whatnot. I, yeah, like that. I, I don't know. It's a whole different. It's a whole different game now. But somehow they'll tie it into Minecraft, and the kids will buy it and they'll love it. So uh, I don't know. You know what offended me more than the animation? What's that? I, I know the answer, but <laughs> that guy that's ma- the guy in charge. As soon as I saw oh, him, I was just like, "Well, man. there's your problem. There's your problem right yeah. there with his little top pony bun thing." Yeah. Someone punched that guy in the bun face. Is it's not even a man bun. Day. He had a little fountain going on up there. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, no. no. And it's not like a ponytail. No. A ponytail's respectable. It, well, slow down. <laughs> I don't know respectable, but this um, gentleman. Yeah, it was like a man bun, but like not enough hair to make it a full bun. It it's a fountain. Yeah, a little fountain. A palm tree sticking out on top of his head. There was only one entity. Real or fictional that can rock that hairstyle, and that's Akuma. Sure, but his hair gets more and more ridiculous with every game. So, and he's you know Japanese, and it's animation, and it's, all bets are off. It just, uh, guys, listen up, listen, <laughs> come closer here for a second. Sit on Uncle Carl's knee. He's gonna spin you a yarn. Um, if you are able to grow hair that is long, luscious, and beautiful, like I was once able to. It is your responsibility to never put it in a bun. (laughs) Ever. The man bun is the modern day mullet. I think a mullet's far more egregious, but that's it. Your point is your point is taken. Um, In any case, yeah, that that dude offended me more than uh, the actual cartoon. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to this at all. I'm not planning on watching it. I mean, I don't. Then it's not even worth discussing. We we're not going to watch it. It's not even for us. I mean, not. uh, Yeah, I know. I know. Like I'm trying to think of a benefit of the show, and the only thing I can think of as being a benefit, which is like a long stretch, is that this show can introduce a new generation of fans to Thundercats. Who not all granted, but some of which may be interesting enough to like dig into the lore and go back to like the good stuff. You know what it's going to be? It's going to introduce Thundercats to a whole new generation who twenty years from now will want to see the gritty reinvention of that. So come full circles, which yes, exactly. Okay. We just have all to right. wait until we're like sixty to see it. Okay. <laughs> so you have that to look forward to in your old age. Yep. Um, in more pleasant news. Uh, extremely show relevant news uh it is being widely speculated that our wishes for daredevil season three will come true and that bullseye that's nice will in fact be in season three that's the that's the hot rumor yep 
okay. I forget the actor's name, but I looked him up. I'm like, sure. Okay. Let it, okay. Do it. Yep. Will he have the costume? A mask at the very least. I think that would be kind of, yeah. Because Daredevil's costume you can kind of make work. Bullseye's costume I think is a little harder. Is it though? I think it is. Put him in a black tactical suit and, and give him a, a I mean a the mask, mask not so much. But like much. the black tactical suit it'd probably be like you said that, that suit with the mask. It's not going to be like the white gloves and the white boots and the white belt. No, but you. But even if you just gave him some kind of white ring around the shoulders and a black mask with a bullseye on it, I'm good. I'm happy. Okay. No, I, I hope I hope that's what we get. Um, We're not going to get that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they can't even throw us a bone. As, Come on. As far as Daredevil in the comics goes, it was announced today that Phil Noto will be joining the monthly series as the artist starting in August. I'm way okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay with it too, but I still, I really enjoy Henderson. I think he's good. Phil Noto is good. He's great. Phil Noto is very good. I think Henderson's style lends itself more to Daredevil than Noto's style does. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I'd say, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not. Noto did that uh, a, a Black Widow series a few years back that, I mean, man, stellar, stellar artwork. So I know he's going to bring a very high level of quality to the Daredevil. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. Um, it was also announced today from Sony that you know, shocker, oh boy, go on. the PS5 is in development. Well, by extension, we learned that. What they really said was that the PS4 is in its end phase. Yeah. Which, five years? It's been, I can't, number one, has it really been almost five years already? Yeah, That's, 2013. November, it'll be five years. Which is kind of going by the me. old console life cycle. So wait, five to wait, six wait, wait. years was the the norm, and then yeah, yeah. PS2 and and Xbox or no PS3 and Xbox 360, and they almost got like close to ten years out of that. So wait, you're telling me that the PS4 Pro uh, didn't extend the lifespan of the PS4 by another five oh, years? I'm sure the PS5 was in development before the PS3. Man, this is all PS3. ridiculous. I'm sure the new systems go into development like a month after the probably. Moment, the, PS4 but, was released. I don't know. It, I guess time-wise, time-wise, it makes sense. But I can't be the only person out there thinking like, number one, wow, already, and number two, like, I feel like this console generation has been very underwhelming. Like, it's. I felt like I it, it launched without killer apps right away. It's like yeah. it was. It was almost like launched with the with the promise that the killer apps are coming. Yeah. And here we are five years in with the PS4 and the X-Bone, and we're still kind of waiting for those killer apps to land. Yeah, and you're not really, wrong. I mean, there's been some, there's been some hits. There, been, there are some gems. But the 360 PS3 era was like a, a practically a golden age in a way. Yeah. There were so many great games in the, on those consoles, and this generation's just kind of been like, yeah, you know, it's a couple, couple good games here I, there. I, you know. I think... I mean, you're definitely not wrong. I, I completely it's, agree with it's you. It's a totally different feeling than, it just, than it the just last feels, gen. It's, it feels like this generation never really got started. 
that's a good way to put it. It just it's always it, it, like it I happened think it, I and think then it surprised us that it's been five years because it feels like it never really got going. Right, right. I think one of the things I mentioned this to you earlier is one of the things that this generation faced as far as a console perspective is this was the first generation to see a major shift in where and how video games are played. This was the first generation of Steam. Uh, this was the uh, mobile games being a mobile big thing. Yeah, Nintendo, you know, changing the the dynamic with the Switch. Well, that came later. Home, and, but true. But still, um, and I mentioned you earlier, I would be very surprised because as much as I I prefer Sony to, I would I usually choose Sony over uh, other consoles. Um, Sony does usually adopt what Nintendo does, either directly or make yeah, an improvement yeah, yeah. on it or whatnot, rumble, motion control, things like that. Um, I would be very surprised if the PS5 did not have some sort of portable functionality to it. And you, you're seem, not wrong. That seems to be the way to go. It does, but my, my counterpoint to you was, to do that, they'd have to either sacrifice price or power. I think they might be willing to sacrifice power because I, no, I, no. I think nope. that both Sony no and uh, Microsoft, well, I think the Xbox One is the last traditional video game console Microsoft is going to do. Um, I think Nintendo showed Sony that you can be successful without having the most power. I don't see, I think Sony is, they, are, they have been power hungry since the PS2 days. When the, when they were developing the PS2, they man they they swore up and down it was the most powerful thing in the world, and it was, and and it was, and then, and then the PS3 came out and they said it was the most powerful thing in the world, and it kind of was, and then the four same thing like it's 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 and it is but it's more powerful yeah. than the Xbox One. Sony loves power, and the and in turn it's not just Sony that loves the power. Developers love power, and I it's I, yeah developers love power, but they. It's funny because the it's not until the most graphically beautiful games traditionally don't happen till the end of the life cycle of a system because the developers have had the time to learn the ins and outs of the system. Sure, sure, sure. So I, 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 I to, to do a portable think, thing though, uh, Sony would have to either sacrifice that that power. Don't see it happening, or release a powerhouse with some kind of additional portable component. That's going to add to price. And when they learned the hard way with the PS3, yeah. there is a price break that people will not go with. You can't charge $600 or whatever for a system. The sweet spot is that $300 mark. Like yep. that's, that's, that's the $399 is kind of the ceiling. That's the ceiling, sure. So one of those two things is going to prevent them from doing a portable... They could. They very well could. Yeah. I'll be surprised. I mean... Clearly, people want it because the Switch is, you know, the Switch. But the Switch also has a little bit, it's got a little bit of that magic Nintendo dust on it where everything yeah. everything just works with it. Mm-hmm. Like, it all comes together as a cohesive whole. And I don't know that uh, Sony would um, be able to make something as seamless as that, which is why the Switch was so great because it was just all so, yeah. it just all worked so seamlessly. But that's because Nintendo embraced it and said, this is what we are doing, period. If Sony does it, I feel like they would try to do it. I'm not going to say they would do it like half-assed, but 
they wouldn't commit to it fully the way Nintendo would. And it would become which, a fe- it would become a feature that would be forgotten, and then it would just be a gimmick that they give up on. Which is strange because when you think about it, Sony was kind of first to the game on that whole like play your home console mm-hmm. games on the move with the PSP remote play right. function. Right. So but to I do think that, I think you they've need got extra like stuff. yeah, that's true. They've got the infrastructure there to be able to do something like that. I think regardless, the next console generation for lack of a better term is going to be very different from anything yeah up until this point i think we're definitely we're definitely going to be moving away from the traditional console design functionality i i bet that doesn't even use i bet the media itself is going to change it's not going to be discs I'll, I'll, I'll call it right now um either they go to uh gigantic sd cards which i maybe maybe not yeah or they might do it they might they might be ready to fully commit to the model that they couldn't commit to with the PS4 and the Xbox One. That's digital only. I could see that. I could definitely see I, that happening. I think, I think we're still a generation maybe too off from digital only as far as video games go because I, I want to think that people wouldn't, if there's no physical copy available i don't think people are going to be willing to shell out 60 bucks for a game i agree with you i don't want to i i like having the thing yeah but the the next generation man they just it's not the same for them and if they did that say goodbye to gamestop oh yeah for sure they're done now they're i mean so whatever I don't, no, I, I know. I'm not. I'm not going to shed any tears for yeah, GameStop. I, <laughs> I don't think um, Sony should either. Like you know, you're yeah. a retailer. I don't. What do we care? So well, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting change is a coming. Yeah, change is definitely a coming, and I'll be curious to see where it goes. In the meantime, um, can can we can we get these? Like, can we have the, those games that we've been waiting for <laughs> before this thing gets put to bed? Like, I want at least one or two that are just like, ah, oh, this is why I got the PS4. I. Well, I mean, you got you got Doom. I did have Doom, yeah, got, got and, that, Doom. and that's oh, <laughs> in the cockles of my heart. Doom. The P- the PS4 has been by no means a failure. No, uh, no, yeah, no, no, no. That's not it. It just hasn't had that same blockbuster feel that yeah, the last there's, gen had. There's no single game that defines it. Yeah, like PS3, I would say Uncharted, PS2, Final Fantasy, uh, or GTA. Or ju- yeah, yeah, as toss up between those two. Um, PS One, I'd probably have to think think on a little bit more. Final no, Fantasy P- seven. yeah, PS One, <laughs> Final Fantasy, PS Two, GTA, GTA. That was a GTA generation, uh, and yeah. Metal, and Metal Gear Solid two. Yeah, oh, and three. Geez, yeah. Um, Even though I don't like them, but they were big. So yeah, but like, I mean, you can no, you zero can't. dawn, but but but. As great as it is, it, it wasn't. It, it came out at the wrong time. Yeah, yeah. It just fell in Breath of the Wild shadow. But it's not. This is not just a Sony problem. Microsoft, same thing. Like, I don't know where these Microsoft. I don't want to say the Xbox One was dead on arrival. It was, but they. No, I'll say it. It was like they just killed themselves. They did. They absolutely the did. Um, There's no recovering from that. No, they would have had to like slash the, the launch price considerably. But again, I don't think Microsoft's going to make another console. Probably I, not. I really don't. I think they're going to stay in the game business because they're pushing like 
you know, windows everywhere. Yeah. Whatnot, yeah. So Good point. They're just going to be like, you know, <laughs> you're right, Lucas. Um, <laughs> he agrees. So, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. But I had something else to say about this. But yeah, like the next Street Fighter collection is coming out. I'm going to pick that up because, you know, Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, uh, Spider-Man in September. Dude, I don't care <laughs> at all. <laughs> but at the same time, like X-Wing 2.0 is coming out in December. That, yeah, the like typically i have gotten excited about a new generation announcement yeah and the, you know possibilities that come from that my gaming dynamic has changed so radically in the past two years well you have a child now not so much because of the child but and i've said before i'm doing a lot more board gaming than i am doing video gaming mm. so well, this might be Again, all depending on what it is and what it launches with, this might be the first Sony system that I don't get right at launch. Oh, well, I never get them at launch. So. If I get it at all. You'll 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 have one. It'll it if you'll just wait a little bit, which is fine because then you can get a good used one for a good price, get a bundle later. Waiting has its perks. Yeah. So don't worry about it. But interesting news, um, yeah, I'm curious to see where... I love video games, so I'm always going to be I mean, curious the to see where it goes. The god-awful costume aside, the Spider-Man <laughs> game looks great. I can't get past the costume, man. What are, what are they doing there? The there, white spider. There's, there's, there's alternate suits to come okay. with it. You can All put right. them in the iron spider suit from Avengers Infinity War. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's better than the white spider suit. Put it that way. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we have that going for us. Okay, speaking of Spider-Man. Okay. We got two, for me, big announcements for the next Spider-Man film. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, week. yeah, yeah. First off, we'll start with the, the card opener, which, folks, this tells you how big of an announcement the main event is, if I'm st- saying this is the card opener. opener. Uh, we're getting Michael Keaton back as the Vulture for spider-man i guess you call it homecoming two or homegrowing or <laughs> well i guess Spider-Man it's gonna be senior prom. spider-man's european vacation um yeah takes place in london i bumped up against that real hard at first but after a while i was like okay fine sure uh but drew yeah drew yeah drew we we we've we laid this out we oh Somebody was listening to my wish list. Well, if we're going to talk about something else after the Spider-Man news, yeah, someone's definitely listening to our show. I'm just going to put that out there. I, I've got nothing after Oh, this, I've got though. something after okay, this. Okay. So, um, somebody's been listening to my wish list. They've been checking twice if I've been naughty or nice and decide to give me an early Christmas present. Drew! Yeah. The villain in Spider-Man 2... Is gonna be Mysterio. Mysterio. As soon as I saw that, I was immediately like that meme of Homer Simpson about the chili. Gonna <laughs> miss the chili. They say he carved his food himself out of a bigger spoon. <laughs> There's gonna be Mysterio in a movie. Watch out for those ghost peppers. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, they are talking to Jake Gyllenhaal. 
to play Mysterio. What? Love that. Yay. What's wrong with Jake Gyllenhaal? <laughs> what is wrong with Jake Gyllenhaal? He's 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 what? He's, Give me a legitimate reason. He's perfectly whatever. He's fine. Sure. Um. So yeah, he's an actor. Uh, who's in movies. So you can't even give me a valid reason why you don't like him. Because I don't have a valid reason to like him, but he keeps getting work. It's just it's like, okay, chill and all. He's one of those guys whose name keeps popping up for stuff that you want. That, and it's like, why? Well, he's been like, he was always rumored for either Batman yeah. or, or Harvey Dent. Well, if he's, Nolan days. if he's joining up with the Marvel uh, uh, camp, guess who won't be Batman? Because <laughs> that was rumored for a while. So I guess Affleck uh, might be coming back. That, yeah. That's another hot I, rumor. I don't care about that right now. Okay. Drew, we're getting Mysterio. Will they give him the bubble head? <sighs> you got a pretty cool vulture outfit out of this the franchise. The visual of Mysterio is tough to justify on the screen. With all his, like, his shtick, his ability and everything, um, very easily explainable with all the stuff they've shown tech-wise in the Marvel Cinematic Universe up to this point. Like the whole, remember at the beginning of Civil War, the whole, you know, Tony doing the memory projection thing. Mm-hmm. It It's Mysterio. Just like. Sure. And I can like, thinking even kind of deeper into it, he can fool a lot of people easier in this world because in this world, Things like aliens and monsters and supernatural stuff is not uncommon. So they're going to be more apt to buy an illusion as real. Sure. As someone in the world who doesn't have that stuff. As far as the outfit goes, I hope. I I hope because I love that outfit. I, I think um, you'll get some version of it. I God, I hope so. Probably no cape, but they'll give him some kind of a bubble dome. Maybe not a full shoulder-to-shoulder bubble dome, but a glass head of some kind. See the funny, see like these are the things I would need for the cosmic. Like the three needs would be the the bubble dome, mm-hmm. the cape, and the eyes on the chest. The eye clasps for the cape. I I could see them giving you two of those three, but not all three. Really want the cape. <laughs> I want the, the cape. Marvel? I want the mist that dissolves Spider-Man's webbing. Um, you, okay, you'll probably get that. Yeah, I just I, I want it all. Okay. I want it all. I'm getting Mysterio in, in, in a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Look, like, if I can't have Bullseye's costume, <laughs> you can't have Mysterio's. That's just where we're at. Um. So yeah, that is exciting. That's. Very exciting. I wonder if uh, Scorpion will make an appearance, seeing as he had a, seeing as he had a cameo in uh, Homecoming. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, I'm impressed that they haven't gone back to the uh, Goblin Well yet, or the Doc Ock Well, for that matter. I, as far as the Goblin Well goes, I think they're smart enough to know they have to leave that on the shelf mm-hmm. for a while. I would love to see them go back to the Doc Ock Well. As much as I loved Alfred Molina's Doc Ock, I do have some problems with that. He wasn't quite evil of. enough. It's not that he wasn't quite evil enough. I mean, the whole fact that he turned good at the end. Yeah, exactly. Was, That's kind of was a point. Thing. And he wasn't um, arrogant enough. No. 
He needs to be much more arrogant. Yes. Um, so, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting because these movies are being made by Marvel. And on the one hand, we, we all kind of thought, like, this is their chance to do Spider-Man right, right? Yeah. And they are, but right they're not ish. remixing. They're not... They're, they're still carrying it forward. So they're not rehashing the Goblin, which even Sony yeah. couldn't resist doing with you know the, when they rebooted it with Andrew yeah. Garfield. They're not giving us Doc Ock again. They're not giving us Electro again or whatever mm-hmm. the heck that was in that movie. They're not giving us the Lizard. You know they're 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 pushing forward. No, no, here, hey, here's the Vulture. Here's Mysterio. Like we're getting new stuff. That's kind of cool. I I like that they're giving us things we have not seen yet, and still you know making us wait in case they ever do decide to give us the stuff that we have seen before, but under a new Marvel light. Yeah. You know, so you got me thinking about it. (laughs) I'm going to make a crazy statement here. I think the amazing Spider-Man series, the two Andrew Garfield films. Yeah. Did more quantity wise, did more things right than they did wrong. But the things they did wrong, they did really wrong, and kind of like really um, hurt it. I, I don't, I don't disagree with you. They did. Lizard was great. Lizard was cool. Uh, but Gwen Stacy was good. Gwen was a good call. We got web shooters. We got Captain Stacy. I mean, we, you know, we had we got Captain Stacy. There was uh, a lot. The, the probably the perfect casting of Aunt May and Uncle Ben. Who was Uncle Ben? Martin again? Sheen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who literally looks like Steve Ditko's drawing of Uncle Ben. Sure. Um and Sally Field as Aunt May. Sure, sure, sure. And that no, that's all, that's all good stuff. The costume in the first movie was terrible. Yes. But the second movie The second movie was the best film costume. I I'm inclined to agree. Although I really do like the homecoming with the eyes and it, if, it, see that's the thing with the homecoming it's the eyes yes the rest of it is just, it's fine it's fine but no you're right fine. the amazing yeah. spider-man 2 though that yeah great costume fantastic costume big the big eyes the big yeah. spider-man yeah i like that a lot um so yeah the the whole lizard story in the first one sure. was great uh the visuals of all he did he looked when he was spider-man he looked like spider-man he acted like Spider-Man, I've said, if we could just take Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man and mash them together, yeah, perfect. Yes, um, it's okay though. We got Tom Holland does a good job. Yeah. Uh, number two, again, the costume, the Spider-Man that when he is Spider-Man in that film, his performance is perfect. Sure. Uh, we got a, a I enjoyed Rhino. Yeah, I can't get with you there. I thought it was it was better than than a guy in a was essentially like a Halloween costume. Um especially at the end. I just thought it was it was great. I liked it personally. Okay. But that where they fumbled, they fumbled big. The goblins, uh jerky, Electro, jerky Peter Parker, and punk they, rock skateboarding cool kid Peter Parker, which is not Peter Parker. But he what he wasn't like cool kid so he was a skateboarder so what nah he was Um, a little too cool for school you know what the thing they did was that none of the other films have done 
is they handled the f- Peter Flash dynamic perfectly mm. because they start to they establish it in the beginning that you know Flash is a bully he's picking on Peter and whatnot, but towards the end of it they give you little hints of the friends they will eventually become because mm. Peter and Flash eventually become best friends. Um, they give you little hints of that in the film. That's something that not even the Raimi films did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the thing well, is he was that, on a path to becoming Deathstroke, you see, so <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, for five seconds, <laughs> but the things they, they fumbled, they fumbled hard electro the goblins. Yeah. The parent storyline with the underground subway car yeah. and didn't, well, what, is didn't all, what, what are we doing here with this? Yeah. What is this crap? Anyway. So yeah. But you well, said, you're getting Mysterio. I'm, so, I'm having, you said you had something after. Oh yeah, I, I I flooded uh, our little chat about it. I'm not sure if you saw it or not. I didn't. I was busy looking at my oh, stuff. Well, you should you should pull that up because they're listening, Carl. Someone's they are listening to us, you guys out there. Because um, Damon Lindelof, the guy that I do not trust one bit. <laughs> But uh, here we are. He has published this letter on um, his Instagram account. Yeah. And here's the deal. Yeah, I, th- I saw that earlier. I thought you were talking about the whole Darren Lake thing. I was no, like, no, no, no. <laughs> How is the show relevant? So he's doing the Watchmen adaptation yeah. for HBO, mm-hmm. we've which talked we've about talked this about a times. Few times. Yep. And I told you that I've kind of come around in a big way in my way of thinking about this, that Watchmen is a perfect comic book, and it's a comic book about comic books. Yeah. Adapting that to a movie, Zack Snyder visually did a good job. Yeah. But in doing so, he lost all of the nuance and subtext and basically the point of what Watchmen was about entirely in the translation. He thought it looked cool, so he made it look cool as a movie, which which basically, folks, that's Zack Snyder in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Looks cool, bro. Sick. That's why 300 works so well for him. Because it looked cool, and, it, and, it's, and it's dude bro stuff and violence. Yeah. He knows that. Subtlety, nuance, su- subtext? Mmm. <laughs> bro, I don't do subtext, bro. Anyway. I do Batman with machine guns. My Batman's got, like, machine guns, bro. My Superman so awesome. breaks necks. Snaps necks, bro. No, so... Basically, my for after after dealing with all that, my original original thought was leave Watchmen alone. For you know, I'm, I'm taking the Alan Moore stance. Don't touch it; it's sacred. Never, never go near it. And then you know the HBO series stuff kind of came yeah. up, and everyone's like, they could do a twelve part. And this is this has been said for years. Do the twelve part miniseries adapting an issue of the comics per episode, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. That sure, that's an avenue you could take. But again, the comic is great because it's a commentary on comics, like from their history to their conventions to their you know problems to why they work, why they don't work, why superheroes work, why they don't work, and the medium and yada yada. Putting that into television changes what it's about. It's because now you're not a comic book anymore; you're a TV show, and it's it's different. And if you really want, and we said this on the show, I, I said this, that I was, um, I think the, the way you do it, if you're going to do it, is you avoid it somehow or you tell it from a slightly different angle 
or a different light or you adapt it in some new way, be it a contemporary retelling or some kind of realignment of it. You truly adapt it as opposed to just, uh, you know, slavishly recreate it on the big screen. Yeah. David Lindelof has been apparently uh, listening to our show because he published this letter where he basically says that's what they're doing. Um, the Watchmen TV show is going to be a new story entirely. It's going to take place in the same universe as Watchmen, but with new characters in the future of the world that Watchmen takes place in. So post Rorschach's journal being released. Exactly. Which is timely, given that Doomsday Clock is going on with DC right now. I was just going to say, it's been a hot minute or two since we've had an issue of Doomsday it Clock. Got severely delayed, because of course it did. So, best yeah. we'll, we'll get back to that because when that comes back out. Yeah, well, because either Jeff Johns or Gary Frank, and no one in, no one in editorial knows what they're doing, so like you have other writers trying to make things work, and it's it's a mess, actually, but we're not talking about that. So... What he's saying is, Lindelof is saying that Watchmen, as we know it, the comic, is kind of like the Old Testament. And what he is doing is the New Testament. So, everything happened. Night Owl, Rorschach, uh, yeah. uh, Dr. Manhattan, and, and the comedian's dead, and, and yep. the, 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 the monster. All of that has taken place. This story will be in an, uns- in an unnamed future of that world where maybe we see some friends that we've seen before, maybe not, but it's going to tell a new story about new people in this world. Cool. And I don't hate that idea because that's kind of what, like, again, the original is what it is and it can't really be messed with without changing what it is. Mm -hmm. So if they must adapt Watchmen, (laughs) then this is an angle to do it. Provided that you have something to say, and you are going to say it with some level of uh, proficiency yeah. in this in this show. Don't make it just. Don't just be a cash in, please. Yeah, have call something it, to say. Call it like after Watchmen. I don't care what you call it. Just yeah. you know, call it Watchmen. But I think this is interesting, and I'm still skeptical because Damon Lindelof and I are not buddies. Because I watched Lost to the bitter end, and I still hate him for it. But you fault him for something that wasn't his fault. He's, he's the cool guy. Him and Carlton Cuse—they were the big two guys on the show. Yeah, and they had everything planned out. Then NBC came in and screwed it all up. Not really. They, they had four seasons planned. NBC wanted ten, and they, they came back to six. Six. Well, then you still had—they still had three years to cobble it together to work. And it stunk. I disagree, but it stunk. No, I, I'm not saying it didn't stink. I mean, I've never been the the biggest loss fan. I could kind of take it or leave it as it is. But I'm just saying that it you're putting the blame solely on Lindelof, and I don't think it's his fault. I mean, they were the writers, but whatever. So, yeah, that's interesting news. I'm I'm uh, okay. Let me see what you got. All righty. So that brings a close to the case files, which brings us to the rustling of the papers. 
let us catch back up with our famous favorite alcoholic private detective eddie valiant maybe some uh (laughs) (laughs) the crossover you never do you want touche touche do you see that um that trailer for the i think it's called like happy street killings or something melissa mccarthy with the puppets you know, I saw a still shot, and I was just like, what is this about? It's kind of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. But, but with Muppets? But with Muppets. And, and Melissa McCarthy. And Melissa McCarthy. You're not selling me. And it's it's rated, a, it's a hard R. Oh, see, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see Well, it's not like the legitimate Muppets. I it's, know, but they're Muppets. No, they're not. They're Fluppets. The, the we'll, GoBots we'll of Muppets? Yes. <laughs> we'll call them Fluppets. <laughs> <laughs> the GoBots of Muppets. <laughs> wow. Oh, boy. All right, so episode two entitled Freak Accident. Drew, this episode opens up at a familiar and beloved location. The Josie's? Jesse's at Josie's. I didn't, you know. I'm like 99% sure that was Josie's. The bar's on the opposite. I don't think it was, though, because the bar's on the other side. No, the, the bar not. was flipped. Yeah, the no, bar. The, it's, trust me, it's the same. Pool tables there and everything. But the, it's not. Jess is sitting at a bar that's on the left side of the frame, looking out towards the street. Josie's in Daredevil has the bar on the right side of the, of, of the screen, looking because, out towards the street. Because Jess was shot from her left side, and most of the shots in Daredevil were done from the right side. But either way, you're looking towards the street, and the bar's on a completely different side of the, of the room. No, the bar's not looking out on the street in Daredevil. Uh, all right i want to believe you i'm skeptical but okay so uh jesse's or yeah jess jess jessica's hitting the bottle pretty hard yeah i have a note that says try sipping as opposed to just slamming i don't i don't think she's drinking for um purposes of tasting it no i think she's just trying to mainline right to that effect but i mean how Okay. Well, yeah. she's got she's powered. She's in hand, so it probably takes more. She's got the Wolverine thing going on. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Um. So she's uh kind of drinking for whatever reason, primarily because she's Jessica Jones. And well, then, and she did find out that she found the place where she was experimented upon in the previous yeah. episode. So she's, she has flashbacks. She's kind of traumatized. Kind of triggered. Kind of triggered. Um, and then she gets hit on by like eighties. Zach Morris is at the bar. Not even Zach Morris. It's like the the guy the guy who was like William Zabka's sidekick who didn't have a line. Wow. He was just there for scenery. Okay. That's the guy that hits on Jessica. And you're thinking, you know, oh, she's gonna like put him through the bar or something. Nope. No. He he gets his wish. Kind of, kind, kind, kind of. Yeah. I, I, I thought they were in a dumpster at first. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that should tell was, you that it's Josie. <laughs> when I saw when you saw the, the the shot of her hands on the green metal, I'm like, are they in a dumpster? <laughs> and then they, <laughs> find, they, they pan up like, oh, oh install. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So while that's going on, Malcolm is digging into IGH. Yeah, yeah. Um. We find out that Doctor Kozlov. Uh owns igh or, or whatever he was yeah, it was all registered to him but um he died carl he did in a car accident conveniently freak 
accident. Freak accident. Never should have happened. Around. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, there's a lot of freak accident. The wizard, freak accident. Yeah. Dr. Kozlov, freak accident. Funny how that works. And wizard kind of reappears in this episode in, in one form or another, uh, one of which with the cops coming to Jessica's door, asking about him, and everyone when Jess goes to his apartment. He has a fair, no, not a mongoose. fair, a mongoose. Yeah, I don't, are those legal to have? Probably not. But I think so. I'm a fan of mongooses because they kill snakes. They do. Didn't G.I. Joe have a vehicle called the mongoose? Probably. Yeah. I mean, it fits with the whole snake theme. Yeah. <laughs> Cobra, you know. Um. So, yeah. And, you know, Drew, I noticed in this episode, a couple digs at uh, Spider-Man. Kind kind of. With Go great, on. With great power comes great mental illness. Well, in the Wizards case, yeah. Yeah. And and certainly in Nuke's case, who shows back up here. Yep. And, uh, you know, there's, uh, what's his name? Jessica, or Trisha's boyfriend. Nuke! The No, not Nuke, the one she's with now. Oh, Griffin. Griffin. Griffin's got a, got a scrody sense. Yeah. Yeah. This, and <laughs> this is not, and rest assured, <laughs> sir, this is not the last time the show will be taking digs at Spidey. Okay, fair enough. So, fair enough. Yeah. Um I have to uh I, I empathize greatly with uh with with Trish early in this episode cuz she's very stressed out cuz she has a meeting with her mother. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> My heart rate goes up too when I have to have those. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. laugh, but I know you do too. <laughs> Re- Rebecca DeMornay's her performance is really great cuz really hate this character that's rebecca de mornay you didn't know that no dude it was rebecca de mornay all last season too wow yeah i didn't know that <laughs> i learned something today yeah so uh, all right but yeah you uh you do not like this character at all no no nah, she's, she's pretty terrible the worst most predictable lame excuses for everything and we find out she basically pimped out her daughter to a sexual predator. Yeah, kind of. role in the movie. Yeah, kind of. So well, yeah. It was established in season one that she was pretty yeah. trashy she, she's manager. She's like the she, worst possible showbiz mom. She's like Macaulay Culkin's parents. <laughs> it's the worst. All right. Showbiz parents. You know what she is? She's like Lil Tay's mom. What? Oh, Carl, I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said anything. What? Because now, now you don't. You you, you want to know more now? I mean, just a simple. I can't, dude. I swear. I swear. If this becomes another thing, like dude's not signed, just I can't. There's nothing I can say that's gonna be able to do justice to to the 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 nightmare that is Lil Tay. All right. You will feel terrible about not just yourself. You'll feel terrible for the child, you'll feel terrible for her parents, and you'll feel terrible about the world that we live in that allows these people to exist. I've stopped caring already. That's, to be honest, <laughs> that's for the best. For the best. Yes. Uh, let's see what else we got. I kind of want to jump around. I just don't want to do like a linear thing. Like what kind of, sure. what kind of like popped out to you for this episode? Theme of this episode as, as theme of the show <laughs> 
is uh, everyone's kind of going through some 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 trauma here. This is very much a show about about trauma and yes. the impact that it has on your life. So Jess, obviously, family died in an accident, which she partially blames herself for. She survives, albeit with powers and craziness that yeah. she doesn't quite understand or remember. Trish re-encounters in investigating these kinds of things. She re-encounters uh, the director that assaulted her when she was a teenage actress. And she kind of has to deal with the not number one. She has to deal with the the triggering, or she consciously goes she back into this. It. Yeah, she has yeah. To re- and she does it willingly, by the way, in, in order to in help order Jess. to help Jessica. So she is confronting something horrible from her past for a friend, but then she has to actually confront the guy, and then clearly she's rattled afterwards. And then you've got Hogarth, who is like. Hogarth is partying like it's 1985. Jesus. Uh, my note is hookers and blow, because hookers and blow. Yeah. It's, um... Now, she her her wife died in the first... In the, in the, yes. In season one. So she is clearly... And, again, blame. She, she probably feels some degree of responsibility or blame, because it was her involvement with Jessica and yada yada that, get, that led to her yeah. wife dying. So clearly, she is not in the best mental state so we have that scene when she's you know in the car and she's the, the, the light changes yeah. and she got a phone call and she's she's just like completely blanked out yeah and then you know like like happens in new york every day uh, a, a, <laughs> like, a, like you do <laughs> a woman on the street approaches her randomly and says hey you want a party carl i've been in new york so many times i've never once seen an actual honest to god street hooker all right i'm just putting that out there have you gone to the parts of New York to where they might be? I stay out of Queens, sir. Like, I mean, there's there's street <laughs> hookers, but like, if you're always just in like Times Square one night, you gotta go. Dude, to I've the been fam- over all. Of, I've been over. I've been all over Manhattan. It's a theme park. <laughs> it's not like the '80s anymore, man. They're not just out there flaunting like they used to be. Okay. But, but in, in in here in this show, we get some shorthand, and there she is. Hey, it's yep. Julia Roberts coming over the garden. <laughs> And it's like number one, they don't exist anymore. Not, at least in my opinion, not like that. Not, yeah. not not where they're going to approach your vehicle. Number two, it's a convenient that this woman was in that place at that time, and that Hogarth rolls the window down, and she also happens to like have a thing for Hogarth, or like know that she might be trolling for something. I I think that. I mean, we could probably all relate with Hogarth because we've all had that moment where we've gotten really bad news and we just need time to process and we just want to check out. Oh, she checks out. Oh, she checks out. Because it starts with one. She ends up with three. Yeah. It's a party. Cocaine and wine, pills, and uh, Um, no pizza, though. Pizza guy didn't show up. Pizza guy didn't show up. Price Chang showed up, though. Chang shows up. And that kind of gave Hogarth a gut check. So like, okay, time to come back to reality. Yeah. Readjust. Worlds are colliding. Yeah. A Hogarth divided against itself cannot stand. <laughs> so she she kicks she kind of she had, she was real mean about it, which I I kind of felt bad for the for the girls actually. Well she's Hogarth. But like she was having a good time. They're drinking wine, waiting for pizza, and then all of a sudden she gets like, you know, Chang shows up, and then she just like all the stuff that she willingly did, she gets the money and she just goes like get out. Like Oh, excuse us for uh, you know. Well, I mean, she, doing what you asked us to do. We'll leave now. 
<laughs> Poor girls. <laughs> Do all our coke and kick us out? What's <laughs> fine? <laughs> just so inconsiderate. I don't know. She just. Yeah. I mean, you know, at least say thank you. Exchange pleasantries. Yeah. Keep their phone numbers for later. <laughs> um. So we we get confirmed in this episode that yes, Simmons is back. Simpson. 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 Eh. Simpson. Mm. Eh. One of the uh, chair moisteners from <laughs> Sector Seven from, from the new program, sir. Oh God. Uh, and Simpson's stay is short. Yeah, I thought he'd hang around more. Nope. No, he he's he, got a whole new perspective on life. You, you might say he's done a one eighty. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Um, yeah, he's dead. Yeah, his head got twisted around. Yeah. So now. For Halloween, his costume is going to be Mel Brooks from Spaceballs after the transporter incident. Yeah. That's what tell me my butt is so big. Yeah. Basically that. So, yeah. Um, and then we also see the, the inhaler of the performance enhancer, which isn't the nuke pills per se. Yeah, it's not the pills. That's call, okay. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter because he's dead now. So, um, Well, he, he came back to protect Trish. Yeah. That's what he says. And at turn, we take him at his word, which takes a minute because he obviously... He convinces Jess before he convinces Trish. Yes. Because Jess is like putting... Jess is actually thinking, I think in this situation, thinking more rationally. Putting, you know... Okay, if he, if he was the one who wanted you dead, he had plenty of opportunities. And you're still alive where all these other people are dying. Right. Um, But, but number one, he walks off that, that gunshot wound to the leg pretty, pretty well. And uh, number two, Trish can take care of herself because yeah. even though he shows up to like, I mean, obviously he wasn't there to hurt her, but she still managed to subdue him and put him in cuffs. Go Trish. Yeah. I mean, shooting him helps. Sure. <laughs> but uh, he, yeah, he doesn't last long because they're being tailed by something else. Yes. We have a shadowy figure. Yeah. Uh, who who can leap really yes. high. And can snap a, a a physically enhanced human's head all the way around. Yeah, twist his head around like like a like a like yeah. a bottle top. So clearly we're dealing with someone who's more enhanced. Yes. So And as Nuke has said, it takes a monster to kill a monster, which just reiterates at the end of the episode, but this time she's referring to probably herself. So she considers herself yeah. a monster. So that's kind of your episode. Um, Jess is like a lot of things happen in the episode and people say things to her to make her feel like a freak, like an other. Yeah. So the guy in the guy in the bathroom calls her a freak. The jerk Oscar, her, her superintendent who throws her under the bus when the cops are at her door. When they ask about the wizard. Yeah, but we learn. Yeah, we learn. Oscar's. Yeah, a- he's still a jerk. Whatever. I'm in a custody battle. Big deal. Yes. Once again, someone without a kid. Dude, he throws her under the bus. Like He does to protect his kid. And that's... Whatever. You'll learn. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll lie to the police. Yes, I will. I'll learn how to do that. I'll be sure to put that on the list of things I'm going to do. Lie to the cops. Because that, that will never go <laughs> wrong for me. Um, In any case, he also says like your freak business is none of I know stay away from me and my kid yeah. when you're freak business. So Jess is, you know, she's she's got a lot to process here. 
And now she actually is, she's confirmed that there is another monster on the loose, and she now is likely going to have to deal with it herself. And not only that, that it was like they were all pointing to Kozlov right. being the one who did the experiments, and they found out that it was not him, that it was there's someone else. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I'll, I will say, uh, two episodes into this uh, new season, people who have complained about it, I don't, I'm not getting why just yet. It's pretty good. It's pretty yeah, good. It's good detective stuff. I'm, yeah, I'm fine with it. We got some good yarns going. Uh, good character stuff happening. I'm not bored by it yet. And that's pretty much, uh, you know, considering how, like I said, the, the first season dragged for me. We're we're into this one and it's going fine. I'm very okay with it so far. All righty. There you go. So, that being said, brings our episode to a close. Want to thank you all again for joining us. Uh, folks, we have a 100th episode coming up. This, I believe, is episode 96. Uh, so we're going to try and throw some special stuff together for the 100th episode that we definitely hope that you will be joining us for. Uh, details to come, hopefully, within the next two weeks. Um, if you like, you can send us any questions or comments to be right on the show at the following locations. You can find us on Twitter at Devil's Due Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Due Pod at gmail.com. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Due Pod, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the Devil's Due Podcast.com. Drew, that being said, any closing statements? Oh, we said so much this episode. I am feeling slightly better after doing this episode than I was at the beginning of the episode. So there's that. You brought a little joy to my day, Carl, is what I'm saying. I do what I can. Hopefully uh, you're in a slightly better place, too. Yeah, we'll say sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. There you go. All right, folks. Thank you very much for joining us. Court is adjourned.